0: the Lord. Isn't it amazing? Thank God for grace. God bless you. Let's turn together tonight if you would. The book of Acts chapter 20. Certainly good for us to be together again in the house of the Lord. Appreciate each of you. Certainly appreciate you praying for uh, Carol and myself and uh, the passing of Sister Sharon, her sister. Thank you for praying for Brother Harley and the children all those that are still dealing with that. Certainly appreciate you continue to remember them before the Lord. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Let's look again tonight at the church. Aren't you glad you're part of it? Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you Overseers, to feed, to feed, to feed, to feed. Brother Donnie, you're stuck. No, I want it to be stuck in you. To feed. This is what God called men supposed to do. Feed the church of God. Which is not the Cleveland Assembly or the Anderson Assembly. This is before the organized. This is the original. To feed the church of God. This is why it means so much to him now, which he hath purchased with his own blood. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. And God hath set some in the church, first prophets second, prophets, third, prophets, fourth, prophets, fifth, prophets, sixth, prophets, seventh. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the message version of that scripture. God has set some in the church first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts Of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. God put that in the church. Well, if that's where God put it in, can anybody show me where He took it out? Verse 29 Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Colossians chapter 1 verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So I ask you, just based upon these scriptures, do you think the church is important to God? He purchased it. He put gifts in it, governments, healings, miracles, and he identifies himself as actually being the head of that church. I'll tell you one thing that sounds pretty important to me. Let's bow our heads together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your precious word tonight, Father. We're so grateful, Lord Jesus, that we have felt the call, the pull to be a part of what you identified as your Ecclesia, your church. That mystical body on the earth that is baptized by the Holy Ghost into your great plan. Father, we know Satan has so many by that same title, and he's always an impersonator. They've had all kinds of man-made titles, and then they call it Baptist Church, Methodist Church, Church of Christ Church, that doesn't take away from what you called yours in the beginning. We're so thankful, Heavenly Father, that you still have your church. She is alive and well. Bless us tonight as we look into your word, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. And the church said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, let us take a tour again of the New Testament. We will start tonight in the book of Romans. And we want to look and see how God identified, again, the two words that he calls the church. Now, the bride in the New Testament is used more in symbols than it is actually the term, the bride. John identifies the bride, of course, and then a couple of other places, Paul likens it to a husband and wife. But for the most part, in the New Testament, it is called, actually, the church. But this is before the World Council of Churches, of course. This is before Nicaea, and this is actually before the age of the first church age. The first church age, as you remember, actually started in 53 A.D. So whenever the, the apostles are writing of the history of the church, which the first book about 59, 60 A.D., book of James, first and second Corinthians, uh, you know that actually Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when John began to write the epistle, John, you know where John was when he wrote that? On the Isle of Patmos. It's 60 years. After the, the book of John, you'd think it was just writing it from yesterday. you think, how in the world would a man recall that? Because the Holy Ghost brought it back to his memory. So on the Isle of Patmos, when John is writing, it's whenever he writes the epistle of John. So even though now the first church age started around 53 A.D., they still are calling this mystical body of the Lord Jesus the church. They did not feel the way you and I do today whenever a preacher will call us the church, and it kind of bothers us a little bit because, well, we got so many out here that's called by that same thing. But don't let that bother you because you're the original. Let, let us read, if you would, now in the book of Romans. I want you to notice in Romans 16:3, Greek Priscilla. And Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Now listen what great identification that saints of God had in the first century. You know what their identification was? It was not that they were rich, that they were famous, that they were known by the governor and the mayor and the emperor and all of that. They were identified by how much they risked their life to help the men of God and what their identity was with the church. To me, that's a very great identity to have. Now, I know that as we've gone down in time that people, many people counted more of an honor to be identified with a politician or more identified when a quarterback on a football team or a shortstop on a ball team, my, if they had some guy from the Cincinnati Reds, they had his signature, they were, you talking about feeling puffed up. Oh my goodness, if they was to have a, you know, something of, football signed by some famous quarterback they'd want all their buddies to know about it but do you realize your highest honor in heaven is to do something for the elect of God by giving a disciple a drink of water you will in no wise lose your reward I don't care how many ball gloves you've got signed by whoever more. How many footballs you've got signed by the greatest quarterbacks that ever lived. That will have nothing, no account at all in heaven. Amen. Oh my, but what we do for the body of Jesus Christ has eternal merit and eternal reward. Amen. My, it ought to make us more desirous. To do things for the people of God. Now, notice that Paul identifies Priscilla and Aquila, which were a husband and wife team, that they had actually, for my life, he said, laid down their own necks. He doesn't go into great detail and many of these things to tell us exactly what they had done. He just simply means mentions it rather that they had done something, but it must have been something quite risky. It must have been something in the threat of the legal aspect of the law. We don't know exactly what it was. Maybe he didn't want to mention it at the time because the current government that was in charge was still in Rome. But he says also the churches of the Gentiles. So these, this man and his wife had not only ministered to the servants of God, but they had took upon them some sort of identification in ministry unto the Gentiles themselves. Notice again in Romans chapter 16 verse 5 likewise greet the church that is in their house now the group now was so small remember now this is before Claudius has banned all the Jews of course he banned that the Jews to be driven out and then actually Aquila and Priscilla they go back so this is in between one of those times to where that the Roman letter is actually addressed to the Roman Christians because all the Jews were commanded to be gone now whenever they return is when they find this original church in Rome had now been polluted so they had set up statues they started praying and interceding to Mary and this and that and the other and it was during this time because the Jews had been given the original understanding of the Godhead and of many of the great mysteries of God and Satan used this opportunity when the apostolic fathers were gone of course Paul had already been killed by now Peter had been killed, James had been beheaded. Many of the original founding fathers had been gone. So the Jews, which were banned out of there, which were also part of the original faith, whenever they left, then the Gentiles become so, so polluted. And Satan moved in. And by the time they come back in, after Claudius had died, then they found what was their original message churches. And they were so off of the word, it was Pathetic. Here was the very birth of Catholicism. Now, notice this church at this state, when Paul writes in the book of Romans, the church is still so small in Rome that they are still having church in Aquila and Priscilla's home so now in the first century now keep in mind that a church might have been ten people or a church might have been a dozen or it might have been twenty it might have been thirty. Oh my goodness a big church had been thirty forty people and they would have met we know of course in the catacombs they would have met in people's houses they would have met in theaters they would have met in different places because they did not have what we do today on every corner here especially in the Bible Belt where you got the first church across this corner you got the second church is split off of that on the other side the third on the other side four corner four, four intersection you got four churches one on each corner well it wouldn't have been that way in the first century there would have been maybe a church in Galatia as far as in the capital maybe one in Cappadocia one in Capernaum maybe one over here one over there but yet they were all identified as the church of God now there was not a Perusia church and there was not a seven thunder church and there certainly wasn't no tape churches no they all believed in preachers in the original church and those who returned their faith been turned back to the original faith in this message they still believe in preachers right, right now likewise greet the church that is in their house and salute my well beloved Ephatonus who is the first fruits of Achaia unto Christ now I want you to notice now how that the church was what the apostles and the servants of God what they took note of it was not now that the church all rallied around Paul and they had this man with this great wonderful ministry and everybody left their churches and come to follow him. No, that's what Hollywood did to us that's right now I want you to see how that many men even in this message have followed the pattern of Hollywood by Hollywood televangelism to where that once preachers got on radio and television then the preachers began to call people out of their churches and they would begin to pull on their tithes and their offerings and their attendance and so on to where that they would leave that local body and the local body no longer mattered anymore because they were sending their tithes to this televangelist or that one or that one or that one. And a lot of them wouldn't have cared for you a bit more than nothing. They ain't gonna pray for you when you get sick. They're certainly not gonna bury you when you die. And then what's the sad thing about it is some of these guys in the message come right around and do exactly the same thing again. So then they wanna build a following to where the the churches don't really matter, but it's, it's you rally around this great man and this great gift over here. Well, there's a great one down in Trinidad. And then there's another great one over here in Indiana and there's another one over here in Mexico, and one over here, that's contrary to the pattern of the scripture. We are identified, and they, they did not acknowledge this great ministry, and that great ministry, and this great brother over here has got a great singing ministry. Now, he don't go to church nowhere. He ain't really faithful to church, and this brother here has got a great acoustic guitar ministry, and boy, he can play them hymns on that guitar. I'm telling you one thing, but he don't go to church himself. Of course, he don't really even have a pastor, and he don't really even... Believe in church, but yet he's got a great ministry. You've got a ministry that don't believe in church? Sounds like a ministry out of hell to me. <laughs> praise the Lord. Look friend, We have adopted so much. We talk about the world. We talk about the world creeping into our church. And what do we think? We look for mini dresses and bobbed hair and makeup and lipstick. There's more to the world than just the outward appearance. The cosmos, the order of the world is the very thing that we have to watch for. Human government, orchestrated us to be led by this and told where to do this and told how to do that. Can't you see what Satan would love to do right among us? He'd like to put a pope over the top of us and tell the preachers to sit down and quit preaching and listen to say, all right, play this tape on a certain night, and then next Sunday don't have church. I'll tell you one thing, it's going to take more than a pope to stop me from going to church. Amen. I don't know about you. I don't want no pope. I need more of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Notice Galatians chapter 1 verse 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ. There you go. And God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me. Now notice, now here is the prophet of God. He is the main spokesman for the day. That he acknowledges over and over and over again what? The church the church and yet his ministry was many times larger than many of the churches put together but he knew he would have no ministry if it was not for the churches But friend, the problem is, and you understand what I'm saying, is that many of these ministers, they get bigger than what they've really got enough character to handle, and you got sometimes singers and musicians and whatever more, and they have a bigger name and they're more popular than the church that they go to. So then that gives them the big head because their name is more important and more profound. So it's the same with preachers, and you got this big name preacher, and he's got a big name, and you know, he's bigger, he's bigger than all these bunch of churches. But together because there's more people knowing and what are we done again, Hollywood? Well, praise the Lord. I say I'm gonna have to preach an amen myself tonight. Notice now all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. I love the way he says this. Grace be unto you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. So, what did they do? Constantly, then, the ministry was acknowledging the church because to them, the church was the move of God. The move of God was not this great man and that great man and that great man and that great man, and then all these little old nobodies and nothings and worthless people rallied around the great man of their. Choice, No, sir, that's not the way it was. The great thing was the grace of the Lord Jesus in a many-membered body. Notice now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 2, unto the church of God which is at Corinth. To them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints was all that in every place, called upon the name of the Lord Jehovah, you know, I love this, of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Oh my what did he address? The church. I didn't say, All right, all y'all come over here now, I'm gonna be over here. Y'all skip out on Wednesday night and y'all skip out on the weekend. Y'all don't need that little old pastor yours no how because he's a nobody. Come over here, I'm the big guy. I find that so strange because as I was coming back from Kentucky last night, and I was listening to Brother Branham, and here he had called out a bunch of people in the prayer line, identification 21765, and told and he calls out a bunch of people in the prayer line, and he goes right down through a whole row of people, and he goes from one to the other, 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 and there must have been 15, 16, I don't know how many there was, uh, and, and he called them out one after another, then he's going to have a prayer line. Now he's got over 500 prayer cards that's to be prayed for in that service can you imagine now he says i, I don't want you all to sink now because god has given this gift of discernment that your pastor is a nobody so i want all of you pastors that believe in divine healing i want you to come up here because you've got just as much authority to pray for the sick as i do Oh, I thought yeah that's exactly right That's a word prophet You see a man who is A prophet always goes Back to the word He don't avoid the word He don't explain the word away He goes back to The word Now what good would it have done? I'll tell you what it would have done. The same thing it produced in India when Brother Branham was there in 1954 when the Sikhs, the Jains, the Buddhists, all those come to the meeting and many of them gave their heart to God. But he said, what happened to them? They went right back to where they come from because I had no churches to send them to. Well, why didn't he send them tapes? I mean, if tapes is the answer, you mean to tell me he let all them people go back to Sikhs, Jains, and Buddhists and and didn't set up a tape assembly? Preach, Brother Donnie. Praise God. That's right. Well, I heard him say it again last night on the very same tape. Now, you converts that just got saved in this meeting, he said, I want you to find, seek out one of these pastors here now. He said, because you will die spiritually, you will dwindle away unless you have a good church that you can go to. So I want you to seek out one of these pastors and let them baptize you in Christian baptism and lead you on to the baptism of the Holy Ghost isn't that amazing it didn't say now right, to, right up to headquarters now and, and we'll put you on the mailing list and, and then we'll, we'll send you so many tapes and this, play this tape on Saturday night and this tape why oh, Brother M didn't say that because he didn't believe that well praise the Lord and the Branhams who believe that now don't believe it because Brother Branham believed it they believe it because they got an evil spirit on them It ain't the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost comes right back to this Word. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Now, notice he says, oh my. Chapter 7, verse 17, but as God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called every one, so let him walk. And so ordain I in all churches. I've never found one scripture at all where Paul ever ordained a reader. Of course, they didn't have no tapes in them days, but they did have scrolls and they did have books. And I've never seen one one requirement yet of a reader. Thou shalt not stutter, and thou shalt not be long-winded when thou readest. Or thou shalt not be able to do this. You've got to be the husband of one wife. There was no such a thing. That's not the way the church started. But Henry Green used to say years ago, God started his church the way he wanted it, and he's going to end it the way he started it. God started out the way he liked it, and that was full of the Holy Ghost, feeding on the Word of God, with men of God anointed by the Spirit of God, preaching the Word. He's going to end it just exactly the way he started it. Oh my, notice again now, chapter 12, verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles. Now notice this, they believed in prophets, in that day... But Jesus didn't start out with 12 prophets. That's it. And you look at the trade of what a prophet does. A prophet goes out stays by himself, gets the word of the Lord, comes in, delivers the word of the Lord. What if Jesus would have chose 12 prophets that all went to 12 different caves? One went that way, and one went over that way, and one went way back yonder over that way. So what did he start the church out with? Apostles. So apostle is not like a prophet. He is one that is sent, not to a cave. So he goes out among the people. So God's foundation, there is a reason we call this apostolic faith. Amen A lot of the message folks don't believe in apostolic faith They do not believe this message is a restoration message They think this message is something new Brand new You make brother Branham a false prophet if you believe that Brother Branham didn't come to bring something new he come to bring us right back to the scripture. Amen. Praise be to God. He didn't stand up there and say, well, I didn't preach what Paul preached, because I, I got more understanding than Paul said. He said, did Paul group go in and said, yeah. I said, well, mine too, because I preached what he preached. Amen. 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 Right. Glory. Yes. Notice how he said, first, apostles. Secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, Teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Now, of course, this is not all given into one man. I know some men who think they're all that, plus. I mean, they're just about everything God needs on the earth. As a matter of fact, they'll probably offer to help Jesus run the millennium if he needs any help. Because they just about think this message can't run without them. But let me tell every one of you that are here and every one of you that will ever listen to this sermon. Every one of us are replaceable. As a matter of fact, the reason God established it as a church instead of one particular ministry was this. The church will outlive every preacher the church outlived Paul the church outlived Peter the church outlived James come on now don't get quiet on me the church outlived brother Branham if time tarries the church will outlive me and you and you why the church lives on Paul was gonna pass Peter was going to pass John was going to pass But the church will never die So you don't put all of this in one ministry In one man And then when that man passes from the scene The whole thing collapses you don't put it in one man, you put it in a body. Then when that man dies, somebody else raises up. When that one dies, somebody else raises up. Oh, what will we do about Brother Louis? What will we do about Brother Harry? Well, I don't know, it'd be hard. But if the church rolls on and Brother Harry passes or goes somewhere else, God will have somebody else to play the organ. If I pass, God will have somebody to step right here because the church moves on. Can't you see, friend, this is another reason God does not want us hanging everything we have on one man and his ministry. This is why some people, they have to have Brother Branham to come back. They cannot let go of the very concept of that one man. They cannot do it. Verse 29, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all miracle workers. And of course we know that they are not. Notice now in verse, verse chapter 14, verse 4, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that you all bleep 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 bleep. Brothers, can y'all bleep out that quote? I'm not We're message people and we don't believe in tongues. So. If y'all use this kind of tongue, one third as much as you use that blabber thing in your mouth, <laughs> would be a lot better off. That's the tongue you shouldn't believe in. Oh, Jesus, you're gonna get me killed, Lord. Notice then, Paul said, I would that ye all spake with tongue, but rather that you prophesied for greater Is he that prophesies, than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret. Now this is the reason why, that the church may receive edifying. Now if every member of Happy Valley would look at the church in this view, I guarantee you, friend, our church would be transformed. Instead of thinking that it's about you or your family or the deacon's family or the pastor's family It's not about one certain family It's not about your view. Well, I don't like the music and the heat. I can't stand the air conditioner Why did they have a black piano? Don't they know I don't like a black piano. You know people with that mentality it's as if though they are the church Instead of understanding, it's not just about you. It's not just about me. Oh my, praise the Lord. Notice this now in verse 12. Even so ye, forasmuch as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel. Notice the excelling portion in a believer's soul. Notice this that you may excel to the edifying of the church. You are actually growing and excelling in God when the way you think, oh my, the way you look at coming to the house of God, even what you do in the body is for the excelling in your mind that it might edify the church. Now if it's all about you and you being noticed and you being acknowledged and you being made over, you're not growing your gift is still centered on bringing you honor and credit. A person excels when they are able to recognize that what they do for the body of God or what they're allowed to do or not do will benefit and edify the body. Listen friends, you won't have to tell me when I get so old that I can't preach no more. When I realize that I'm that old and my sermons ain't helping nobody no more, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna quit preaching. I'll always have a desire to preach. If I lived to be 135, I'd still have a desire, and I'll still be sitting with my computer in my lap, shaking and trembling, studying. Won't nobody want to hear me no more, but my grandkids, and they'll just say, preach, Poppy," because they feel sorry for me. But each of us should have this desire inside of us that what we do should be for the edifying of who? Not ourselves. Oh, my, that you may excel to the edifying of the church. First Corinthians 14, 13. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Now, they was having a real problem in the Corinthian church. And part of the problem was that they were so zealous of spiritual gifts. No doubt some of the other churches were as well. But they did not have this problem because among them was this carnal thing of using the gifts. God-given gifts. God-given Holy Ghost gifts. But they were using these gifts in a way that would make the user look big and important. So they'd stand up and just speak in tongues and speak in tongues. And more If the Lord, give them something. They wanted everybody and their brother to know. The Lord told them something, mother. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. That's carnality, happy valley. Amen. And part of the other problem was that the women had become free under grace. And the old law, they were not allowed, of course, even to be able to handle, handle the word, read the Torah, the Mishnah. They were not allowed to participate in much of the worship service. Even now at the Wailing Wall of the Jews, they've got a dividing curtain there which separates the men from the women. So the women became so liberated. if you study the his history, I you know that, that the Corinthian women, they started preaching some. Well, the God's truth is, there'd be some in our ranks that would if we'd let them. (laughs) I'm going in the room and finishing the rest of this. (laughs) So they started using the gifts, and oh my, it must have been something. (laughs) Yeah, it must have been something all right. Then brother so-and-so would stand up, and boy, he'd speak in tongues, genuine tongues now. This is not a bunch of gibberish, but the anointing coming on him, and maybe a man that was born. Let's say he was a Corinthian man. Oh, he never spoke Hebrew. He was a Gentile or he never knew anything about uh, uh, these other languages and he'd stand up and he'd just speak in Aramaic and he'd go down through Greek and he'd talk in Hebrew. My goodness, them saints would say, oh Lord, have mercy, how wonderful. And this brother was just speaking and speaking and speaking. Took 10 minutes, then 15 minutes, then 20 minutes. Cutting right in on the preacher's sermon time. But nobody didn't want to say anything to the brother because they didn't want to grieve the Holy Ghost. But yet the Holy Ghost is being grieved because the preacher couldn't come out and preach because brother so-and-so kept taking all the time talking in tongues. But to the Corinthian believers, talking in tongues is more spiritual than the Word. Boy, here we go. Oh, my. Yeah, it is amazing that Paul doesn't address the Galatian church, the Philippian church, uh, the, the rest of the church, and none of them were addresses. I'm glad that he did this because it's been the pattern for 2,000 years to let us know how. Had it not been for the error that was in the Corinthian church, we would have never known the format by which the Spirit of God wanted us to deal with spiritual gifts. So God takes even those faults and flaws that are in a body, and he'll turn it right around and use it for his own glory. Oh, praise God. So Paul then, notice what he says. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Why? He's just standing there talking in tongues and talking in languages. God-given, Holy Ghost-filled channel that's moving on the man. And he's just standing there, standing there, standing there, talking in tongues, talking, 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 talking. But he don't know what else to say, so he just talks in tongues. Well, then when he gets done, everybody just kind of sits there. Oh, God, help us. You've been in some of meetings. You might as well say amen. Where you just sat there and you don't know what to do and you're afraid to think anything bad about it and you're afraid to say anything. So everybody's just sitting there and the devil is laughing his crazy head off because he knows there we are. We're stumped because we don't know what to do. Can you imagine the Corinthian church? How many sermons were ruined by people talking in tongues and nobody wanted to blaspheme the Holy Ghost so-called? Well, Paul said, I wish every one of you would talk in tongues, but not in church at the same time. Now, what was that talking in tongues for? This brother or sister, whoever that have been doing it, no doubt they were so blessed, brother Jim, and they felt like they could run through a troop and leap over a wall. Any of you that's been blessed by that, you know how that feels. But it's only for you. So what were they doing? They were edifying themselves. They were just talking in tongues and talking in tongues and talking in tongues. But the church was receiving no edification. And God told Paul, tell them to stop it. I do not like that. Was the gift wrong? No, he didn't say the gift was wrong. He didn't say the tongues was wrong. What he was getting at was they was using a precious, wonderful gift from God to edify themselves. And the church was there. They'd all assemble. They'd come together, many of them under great strain and difficulty. And they'd come together and the service was carried away by a brother just basically hijacked the service. By a brother that just stood up and and spoke in tongues and spoke in tongues and spoke in tongues. And it happened over and over and over again. Well, praise the Lord. Notice now in verse 14, he said, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. How many experienced that? To so you have prayed in tongues? Did you know what you're saying? Not if you're fulfilling this scripture, you didn't. I've prayed in many languages around the world. And what's amazing to me is when I go to these different nations and hear some of these people speak their languages, I'll say, Lord have mercy. I've prayed in that language before. It's wonderful, I'm telling you. It's absolutely phenomenal, especially for a hillbilly that don't even speak English good. It's wonderful. But what good would that do you tonight? If I got up and started talking in tongues, and there's many times I could do it. But what benefit would it be? It would be me taking the edification that God wants to give me. So what do I do? Instead of me using it for myself, I channel that anointing to minister back to you. Praise be to God. Oh, hallelujah. I love to shout and I love to run and I love to rejoice when I'm preaching, but I don't want to shout all the anointing away where I'm the only one getting blessed and you're the one being robbed. Now when I was in Pentecost, I don't tell how many blessings I took from other people because I was pretty selfish. So whenever I'd preach, I'd shout, I'd dance, I'd run, I'd run the backs of the pews. Uh huh. Not the bottoms, the backs. So I'd start right here and start running right straight through that way, and when I'd come, people knew to part. Or oh, you said that's easy. You can try it after church and let us know. So I'd run down that side and then take our running back up this side. What did I do? I got tired. What did it benefit? Nothing. I was channeling my anointing. I was a Pentecostal. I was letting it all out at the whistle. But I'm not that kind of Pentecostal anymore. I'm the original Pentecostal. So I don't just let it all out at the whistle, I let it out at the breathing of the words of God. (laughs) Oh, I still shout a little bit and I still rejoice a little bit, but I've learned how to channel that anointing instead of it just edifying myself that I can be able to be a benefit to you. Praise the Lord. Now what's in Paul says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Many of you know you've come up here many times for prayer. And God has changed my language. To pray for you and begin to pray over you in another language. And the channel of the anointed would move right to that demon. What was he saying? I don't have a clue. And yet for many of you, you know the Lord was discerning your heart by prayer and calling out your very need. And I was totally ignorant to it, and that's perfectly fine. Let him get the glory. I don't need none of it, no way. But what is it? Then we are edifying the body. Oh, praise God. I realize we don't have to preach on tongues much in the message because most message folks don't even believe in it, so why should the preachers take them up? But we're a Bible-believing church here. I can show you where God put tongues in the church you show me where God took them out I show you where man took them out but you ain't gonna show me where God did brother Donnie don't tell me you still do that sort of thing like a child no I don't do it like a child I do it like a grown up adult brother Bram said trying to talk in tongues I don't try it comes out of me say it like he said it verse 18 I thank my God Bleep 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 bleep. Oh, how can this man think he's deep? How can this man think he's a prophet of God and a church age messenger? I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than ye all. I realize the commentators want to twist that around and say Paul was a very learned man. And Paul could speak many languages. That wasn't what he said. He said glossolalia a language given to him by the Holy Ghost.
1: Yet, yet, in the church,
0: I would rather speak. Five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach other than ten? You mean five words with an anointed servant of God, anointed with the divine wisdom of God would have more value in a service than for a person to stand up and speak ten thousand words in tongues. But you see, folks who would desire personal gratification and personal edification, they would never comprehend this. Five, five words would be greater than 10,000 in languages or tongues that you never even learn, And it would be greater, the reason it would be greater. Not so much it would be greater for you. You might be more blessed personally to say the 10,000 words in tongues. But who would it be greater for? The church. The church. Oh, I would the God preachers could learn this. Oh my, a lot of the vanities that preachers deal with It'd just be down the drain I'm big me and big me and little you No, it'd be down the drain A lot of stuff that preachers do Some preachers preach a long time So they prove that they can do it And still follow the leading of the Holy Ghost Well, come on, saints Sometimes a real man of God He'll have all kinds of no. Don't you think I ever get done preaching here? I never do I've always got way more than what I get done But I don't follow the page number I like to follow the inclination of the Holy Ghost And know when I've reached that sp- When a preacher reaches that climax, he's only got so much time in that realm of climax. If you go beyond that, it will go down and from that point you're responsible but someone want to prove how well and how orator they are and this and that and the other. What's that got to do? It's only using God's gift for self-edification. I'd rather preach 20 minutes and the Spirit of God say stop. Amen. And be led of the Holy Ghost and to say, well, I'll tell you one thing. I've got all these notes here. I've got all these quotes and all these things. God, help me. I'll never be like that. Help me that I can follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. Who am I preaching for? Me? Who am I preaching for so I can show you how much I know? God forbid. What are we preaching for? Why do we sing? Why do we pray? Why do we do these things in the house of God? That the church might be edified. Notice in verse 27. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, at the most by three and that by course and let one interpret but if there be no interpreter Uh Uh you mean I'm supposed to hold back how could this man be a prophet and tell me to hold back I'm feeling, I'm about to blow up. I got to talk in tongues. But the word says if there's no interpreter, I'm to hold my peace. Hello, saints. Praise be to God. Oh, my. If there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church. Now, if you're in your prayer room by yourself or another brother or you know, something like that with you, your wife, your children, have at it. Enjoy it, brother. But in the house of God, in the house of God, but it's, it's, it's about to explode. It's about to, but it's not edifying to the body. Well, you say, why would God even give me that dinner? God don't want me to say it. Maybe it's to try you to see if you'll put the Word first. Oh my. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know how much you folks are enjoying this, but I am. Sort of. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church. Friend, you understand my point? What was the point in this first age? The church. It was the church. It was not this man, that woman, this man, that woman. It was the church. So you're talking about something so supernatural and so phenomenal that a person would be able to tap into a realm of the Holy Ghost, the genuine Holy Ghost, and stand there and speak in a language or languages. Maybe go from one language to another, to another, to another, and never have learned a foreign language in their life and to try to speak that language or write it down or even recall one word of that language, they couldn't do it if you was threatened to kill them. They could not do it because it was Spirit-given. But if there's no interpreter there, Paul said, hold your peace. Well, I imagine when some of the Corinthian folks got this letter, some of them changed their membership. They left Happy Valley. I mean, they left the Corinthian church where Where they were saying what Paul said, and they went over where they'd let them be free. Now don't you know whenever God sends a word like this, Satan pops up a church, which is a counterfeit act, pharisaic move, which will catch the fallout from those who really don't want to stay with the word, and then they'll run over there and say, well, I'm going to stay here because they let us be free over here. Satan don't know the declaration of God the ordinance of God, the mind of God but as God sets forth the ordinance of the day then Satan will begin to build him a counterfeit on the other side a place by which those that don't want to go back to the world, those that don't want to forsake God totally but yet they don't really want to line up to the word all the way, so they'll have another place that they can compromise and go over here now, well now over here the women can preach and praise God, over here the women can cut their hair, boy we talk in tongues, I'm telling you what? our pastor ain't hard now I used to sit over at Happy Valley years ago but I got me some more light really I tell you one day I used to be there and hear all that old hard preaching but now boy I'm so free I'm so happy man if I want a beer every now and then I drink it you know why they don't hinder Jesus why the blood is just as powerful you are a reprobate and probably no mercy for you Amen. Amen. but if there be no interpreter Let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. So it comes her, she (laughs) says, "What?" Him taking over the service don't edify God in the church. Isn't it amazing though that God would let it fall on people to see what they'll do with it. Kind of go on a little bit? Verse 33. For God is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all churches ah, of the saints. Of course by this time some churches that started raising up that had things other than saints. It was churches of the haints. Right. Now, he's gonna deal with this issue now about the women. And he said, let your women keep silence in the churches. Now, can you imagine a woman preacher ever standing up and trying to take a text from this? For it is not permitted unto them to speak but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. Now, of course, Paul gained the title and has held it for 2,000 years that he was a woman hater. Can you imagine anybody with the Holy Ghost saying such a thing? A servant of God anointed to write the Bible and set forth the declaration of how the New Testament church ought to run? Well, praise the Lord. Notice again, 1 Corinthians 16, 19, the churches of Asia salute you. Aquila, Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church. So it wasn't this great man and this great woman and this great person and this great... It was them and the church. It's not Donny Reagan. It's Donny Reagan and Happy Valley. It's not Tim Pruitt apart from Evening Light. Well, come on, I'm gonna go a step farther. It's not even Daryl Ward. If Darryl Ward did not have a home church to go to, Daryl Ward would be disqualified from being an evangelist. Is that right, brother Daryl? Going out preaching to churches and don't even have a home church? Nonsense. Praise the Lord. But you see, friend, what Satan has done is had people to build a ministry apart from the church because they're bigger than the church they go to. Get mad at me if you want to. It's contrary to the Word of God. Oh, my. Let me go just, just a few more minutes. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are Achai. Now, notice, God again addressing who? The church. Second Corinthians 8:1. Moreover, brethren, we do to wit the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Verse 16. But thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. For indeed he accepted the exhortation, but being more forward of his own accord, he went unto you. And we have sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout the churches. You see, this was the way our first century preacher was identified by the recommendation of the churches. And if the churches didn't send you out, none of the other churches received you. It's a real shame we've got away from apostolic form. Well, praise the Lord. Oh, my. Notice this. He says, whether, verse 23, whether do any inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper. No, no, Paul, not that. What are you doing? Acting like this little preacher is up there with you? You see, friend, they did not have this Hollywoodism. This is pre-Hollywood, so they didn't have this big thing that we're the big guys. You're down here under our feet. We cracked the whip, and oh, you Pharaoh, are you? Brother Branham never projected to us that he was the only one to preach. As a matter of fact, he said the opposite. I wish some of these folks who push play would listen to some of the same ones that I hear when I push play. I'm not sure which ones they listen to because I mean I hear all these strange bizarre quotes of Brother Branham saying did y'all hear the radio broadcast the other day when Brother Neville was preaching I was standing there helping my wife wash dishes he said oh Junior, it won't hurt you you can wash them a little too I was standing there helping my wife wash the dishes and he said Brother Neville got on there and he said he started bringing that word I told my wife I am so proud to be identified with such a man he was such a blessing He's Brother Branham got sermon after sermon from Brother Neville, the pastor of Branham Tabernacle. Praise the Lord! He called Brother Neville his chum Brother Neville his buddy Brother Neville his associate Come on Happy Valley Why? Because that's the way he looked at him Amen Hollywoodism is what's crept right in among us And it acts like as if Those pastors and evangelists Who give their lives for the cause of Christ Are absolutely nothing. Let me tell you something You're going to be totally amazed one of these days When men like Brother Jack Benton And Brother Darrell Ward And evangelists that travel this world when they stand before the Lord Jesus and Jesus stands there and empties his very heart to them and say I am beholding to no man I reward you Daryl, for all the sacrifice you gave I reward you for all the time you left your wife and your children I reward you for brother Benton for all the times you preached the gospel I reward you preachers ain't gonna be second class <laughs> citizens brother sister We have sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout the churches. Let me close with this one. Not that only, but who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us. Lord have mercy. You mean the churches, the churches recommended that a certain preacher travel with Paul. Praise 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 be to God. And Paul didn't say, who do you think you are? I'm a prophet of God. You've been watching too much of the Ten Commandments. Charlton Heston might have been a good actor but he wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. Friends, Hollywood is shaping our view of truth. Can you imagine the churches suggesting that this man travel was a prophet of God? The prophet no doubt prayed over it and waited out. He said, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Why? This man had favor among the churches. You can be so gifted to talk. You might be one of the best talkers that ever was. But if God don't give you favor with people, you will not get off the ground. Amen. And God had given this man favor among the churches so much that they asked Paul, why don't you take him with you? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Of course, some of our modern preachers, say, huh, that kind of offends me. I'll have to watch him. People might like him better than they like me. Let's put him out there to clean out the toilets. Well, I'll tell you what you can do. You can put him under the toilet if you want to. But if God's going to raise him up, you ain't got enough power to keep him down. You can humiliate him. You can laugh at him. You can do whatever you want to do. Believe me, I know I've been there. Let people do what they want to do. But when God sets his heart to do something, nobody is going to stop him. Let's stand together and we'll read verse 23 and we'll pray. Whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you. Or our brethren be inquired of; they are messengers of the churches and the glory of Christ. Praise God! Thank you, brother Lord. They are messengers. Now, brother Branham was the messenger of this age but God has tonight alive messengers that are messengers to the churches. Not only are they messengers to the churches, but let's read the right phrase, but these God called preachers are the glory of Christ. Is this a scripture? This is why I tell you friends, a lot of the folks who claim to believe this message do not believe this Bible. Because these scriptures are contrary to their man-made, hell-sent doctrine. It ain't heaven-sent. Apostolic believers can say amen to such. It don't take away from Brother Branham at all. Actually, it makes the work greater. The work is much greater now than when Brother Brandon was here. Hang on, I've done made you mad. I might as well go ahead and blow your temper. And it's not been due to tapes that it's expanded. It's been due to many men. Oh, you don't know it. You'll know it one day. You'll know it. They'll walk up from Kenya. They'll walk up from Uganda. Zimbabwe. India. All over this world and say, thank you for that bicycle you bought me. And you I never bought you no bicycle. Yes, you did. Thank you for that motorcycle that you bought me. I, I don't even know you. I never bought you no motorcycle. Yes. And hundreds more. And thousands more. Amen. And tens of thousands that walk up before you and say, thank you for putting a roof over our head That's right. so we could have a church to worship Him. And you'll say, I know, I never know. Yes, you did. You think all that's going to my account? You think I'm the one that's going to get credit for all of that? Swahili believers years ago received their first seal book. At the cost of $10 a piece. Because you. You made it possible. There's the brother there. After they started getting their books. Brother Jim, you remember reading the letters. And the brother sent me an email. He said, Brother Donnie, i thought for years and years. Maybe the Lord thought lesser of us believers over here than he did you all. And I wondered why we couldn't get the Word. But he said, since we've been getting the books in our language, our churches have exploded. The saints have a walk with God they've never had before. Can you imagine being a Christian, a preacher, and never having a seal book? Every one of them that was sent, Jesus made a record. And your names was tallied across the top. Yeah. Why we did it to the church? church. Oh, we could have sent that same money down to Jimmy Swaggart. Why in the world I want to do that? We could have sent that same money out to the smiley preacher and made him maybe bought another jet and done this and that and the other with it. Why in the world would I want to do that when we got God's hungry children all over the world? Oh, we were opposed. Yes, we were opposed. We were called everything in the world you can imagine and some things you don't want to imagine. But the Lord God spoke to me and told me to do it. That's why I stand against all opposition. Because I hear him say, when you do it, to the least of these, my brothers. Yeah. And as I stood in Tanzania just a few years ago. Brother Terry's been there. And see some of those men that are now preaching this message. That were men that didn't even have on a loincloth. That before their conversion... They walked this earth naked. And they didn't have a house to live in. They dug out holes in the ground and lived in them. But God moved on in some evangelist heart and sent them out on two little wheels that you helped purchase. To go preach to some of them men which were headhunters. Praise God. And then people in this message laugh at men like that. God have mercy on them is all, I say if there's any mercy that can be given. Who are men like that? But they say, "Lord, have mercy, I can't stand. I can't hardly wait to stand there and watch them. some little men as they come up and the Lord Jesus, go to give them, the Lord to God. Praise be to God. What is it? The church, It ain't just Happy Valley. That ain't just evening light in Phoenix. It ain't just evening light in Menden. It's all over the world. He's got a body. The church
1: of the living God.
0: I'm just so glad we can be a little part of it. Aren't you? Praise God. Let's bow our heads together if you would. <clears throat> Praise God. Hallelujah. How many of us say, "With me tonight, Brother Donnie? I, I want to be more conscious of what you've talked about. I-, I, want to, I want to be more conscious of what I do and what I say and the way I live. That it edifies the church. Not just me not just me, my opinion and what I think can help me to think more help me to excel that I can think more to the edification of the body Lord Jesus thank you for these things tonight Lord we've not shouted we've not jumped around Lord these are the types of service that make us shout we may not shout tonight but once we're able to grasp what eternal life is Living for others. That's just a good quote to many people. I don't want it to be something I quote, Lord. I want it to be an everyday thing in my life. Oh, grant it, Lord Jesus. Father, help me that I'll always keep this before me. When I preach services. When I preach a funeral. When I deal with a wedding. When I go to hospitals Whatever I do, Lord, in service to your people, may it always be that it's for the edification, that it's never self-glory or never that I can be raised up somehow, made to look better once this deed is done or accomplished. Lord, may every person here who sings, may every musician, every minister, Deacons, trustees, all the folks that work in the library and the sound booths, and the audio booths, the Sunday school teachers, all of us, and every lay member, Lord, make it so real to our heart. May this be something we contemplate on and think about. That really, if we're a special singer or a musician, we should not have to be catered to. We should not have to be babied over or whatever more. Because if we're not get to play that often in church and then we get offended. And I don't get to play the drums, but one every now and then, or play the guitar once just every two or three months. I'm offended. But Lord help us to realize if if we're a spare guitar player or a spare drummer whatever we are. And we can serve the body during that one service every two or three months. And it makes that service a little better. We have done a great thing. It may not gratify our flesh. And we may not be up there as much as we think we ought to be. And that's because we're still thinking in the carnal way. Lord Jesus, help every one of us, preachers included... Father, if we can think of the edification of the body, oh Lord Jesus, that's what you thought. You had one goal before you. The goal that was set before you was not the reward you was going to get. Praise God, it was us. It was us. You bore our shame, you bore our sin. You became the serpent on the pole for the edification. Of the church. Help us, Lord God, I pray. We worship you tonight, Jesus. May this word go deep into each of our hearts. May it change us, Lord. Help us to understand. Carol and I was talking about it coming to church. About this series on the little foxes and unsurrendered life. And I told her, I said, well, the thing of it is, Carol, we're constantly surrendering. We surrender a tradition once God quickens a portion of truth. And we f- see that we've got a tradition. We surrender a, a, a feeling. We surrender this or that or the other. We're constantly learning to surrender our lives. Father, I believe tonight is another portion of that. That we'll surrender what we might want to do and what might be for our personal edification. For the benefit of the body. It's what we want, Lord. Praise God. Lord, I've seen it so many times in funerals. Maybe one family member goes to one church and another family member goes to another church and they want their church to have half the singing and they want their preacher to have half the preaching. and Oh, Lord, it becomes so difficult. I've learned many, many years ago to take the low road and to tell them, look, I will minimize what I say. I will absolutely minimize it, let them have more time, just get through this difficult time. Because me saying less is actually me doing more. So what if I'm a gripper? Bless God, you took 30 minutes, I'm taking 30 minutes. I'm as good as you are. God, forgive us for such an attitude. Help us, Lord, to understand that edification to the body sometimes means we do way less than our abilities allow but it's what's beneficial to the body thank you Lord Jesus we thank you for the service tonight Lord go with us now Father bring us back at the appointed time we love you thank you for your correction tonight Lord Jesus we receive it and the church said how many receives the rod of the Lord come on raise them hurting hands that hurting back Amen. Praise God. Don't you thank God for a church where you can hear the truth preached, yeah. even though it catch in. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God for men of God. I so appreciate Brother Darrell taking the service for me Sunday after Sharon had passed. And Brother Darrell had offered to take the service. I hate to even ask him to do it because I knew he was in such pain, but yet I wanted to try to be down with Carol and the family if I could, so I left early, early Sunday morning. Brother Darrell was so gracious to uh, put himself in a bind. I know it did. But he told me back in the office before church, since he's done that, that m- Sunday, I think some of the brothers also prayed for him, Monday, Tuesday. Today, his pain situation is totally turned around. God is just so good for him. Amen. Hallelujah. He told me he felt like because he sacrificed. God honors that phrase. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, praise God. You got a need in your body tonight, a need in your life. Let's just raise your hands. Oh, my. Praise God. From that one prayer, I felt him sweep in here. Glory be to God Amen. Heavenly Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Lord I pray right now for your children Lord some of them sick Some of them was pain Maybe in their bodies Lord Different things going on in their homes or their lives Not only the visible but the invisible audience Lord Jesus May your healing virtue Your strength Your courage May you go to each of your believing children tonight We believe, Father, that you are mindful. We know that you are the high priest which can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Lord God, may you minister to your body tonight, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And by faith, we receive it right now. In Jesus' name, and call it done in our bodies. Call it done in our homes. Done in our marriages. Done in the lives of our children. Whatever the request was, Lord, we accept it and we give you praise for it. Amen. Praise be to God. Let's sing a little something before we go. Don't you love him with all your heart? Amen. Oh, I'm so glad to be a part of the church tonight. Sing something for us, Harry. Let's just worship together. God bless you, saints. I love you with all my heart before the Lord.
1: Amen. I'm one of them. Thank you, Jesus. I'm one of them. I'm so glad I can say I'm one of them I'm so glad I can say I'm one of them That will start the joy bells ringing, and will keep your soul aflame. It is burning now within my heart. All glory to His name. I'm so glad I can say I'm.